When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Any good stories from the road? Play book. I wish we'd gotten seen a little bit more out of our punter. I'm starting to puke. It makes my stomach hurt. Yeah. I thought he was going to die. I'm starting to throw up in my mouth a little bit. He's on the probiotics. Is Georgia playing the 1985 Bears this weekend or what? A lot of Todd, Todd, Todd talk. That poison proof. They're mongeese. We will not be hunted at the University of Georgia. I can promise you that. The hunting that we do will be done from us going the other direction. Man, we're coming up on a, a month until SEC Media Days. Can't wait to hear what Coach Smart has cooked up for us on the slogan department behind that podium in Nashville. I'm Wes Blankenship. This is the Georgia Show. Palmer Toms, Jake Rowe, Rusty Manzel on the call. Fellas, big news. Bright and early this morning. Dylan Riola is going to Buford. Yeah, I broke that from a parking deck in downtown Atlanta, <laughs> if I ever – if I ever uh, write a book, I, I wasn't sure I had signal, so I put the tweet out. I was trying to get in touch with with, with Jake Rowe and had barely had any signal. I was down below uh, the, the studio there in Atlanta and had no signal, so said a little prayer, did the tweet, waited about a minute it seemed, and once it went through, uh, I knew that we was it was on then. So didn't want to wait around. I think everybody kind of had some hints this was going to happen, but you know I, I just didn't want to touch something like that until he walked in the door at Buford and he walked in the door at Buford this morning. And probably three minutes later, we had the tweet out. And I mean, this is big for, you know, Georgia high school football. It's big for Buford. It's big for Georgia. I mean, it's big for a lot of reasons, but I know a lot of folks are really making a big deal about this whole four schools in four years. And I don't know that I want to get into all that, but I will say this Four schools in four years is not created equal across all platforms and players and everything like that. I mean, it's just, you know, sometimes guys move because their families move and they decide not to split it up. You know, they, they decide not to maintain uh, the status quo uh, and, and the stability they want to be together as a family. Um, you know, it's, it's one of those deals where, you know, the, the, the Riolas have, have made it known. They transferred, uh, that or they moved to be near their daughter whenever she went to TCU. This is not just some weird, we're looking for a place to win or we're looking for a place where we don't have to compete. Um, you know, I'm not saying that, you know, that that there isn't some moving around and, and stuff like that, and you should just not take it at all. But, I mean, you know, form your own opinion, but this is not one of those situations where a guy's just causing problems everywhere he's been and he's having to go different place to different place running for something. Well, here's the deal. I mean, this is nothing new. And I think that's what's uh, amusing to me is that this, you know, this is a big deal. He's a, a really talented dude, the best in the country at what he does right now. Um, and people are acting like he's the first one to ever do it. And he's a turncoat on his teammates and he's all in for himself. I mean, this is, this is nothing new, guys. I mean, this happened when I was in high school 18 to 30 years ago, it feels like. So that's kind of the interesting part about this equation right now is that is it because he's the best player is it because it's georgia and things are going georgia's way right now and all of a sudden georgia 
uh, is not the team that you get to look down on and make fun of. I don't know. But it's a big story. And for people in the state of Georgia, sorry if you have to play Buford because it just got a lot harder. Tua, Tua did it. Tua came from Hawaii to Tua. Bryce Young. Um, you know, Bryce Young with those guys. So, I mean, it's uh, it's not unprecedented. I think everybody wanted to try to find an angle. I think Jake Rowe hit it right there. You know, that, that first move was for his sister. The second move to Arizona, from my understanding, was over some business. His dad had some business ties in that area. So they went there and they come to Georgia. And, you know, the, it makes sense to me. You don't want to be on a red eye every week. You gotta, you, listen, he's got a brother that's a sophomore that's going to be playing at Buford High School as well. Uh, so when Dylan transitions to Georgia and you're sitting there in Arizona and, and to catch a game every week, you got to catch a flight at either 6 a.m. or 1 a.m. out in, from Scottsdale or Phoenix to Atlanta. Um, why not? If you have the means, go ahead and move to Georgia, throw down some roots, as his dad told our Chad Simmons. Want to throw down some roots in the state of Georgia, and I think it just made sense, to be honest with you. When you look at uh, obviously the the Buford targets that are on the table, those chess pieces for Georgia. Um, I spoke with Chad about this earlier today, but I'd like to get y'all's take on it. KJ Bolden is that guy. I mean, we've been talking about him a lot this past week. It's it seems like Riola and KJ have a pretty solid relationship that they've already been able to form even when they weren't playing on the same high school football team. Yeah. I mean, they, Ryan Puglisi is, you know, and Dylan Rayola are both recruiting the same players. They said it at elite 11 last week. They know they're going to compete at Georgia, uh, but they're not competing in recruiting. They're united. They're trying to get these players. So I can say it now when I'm in Nashville for the own three elite series, what, two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago now, um, I'm sitting there and I'm and KJ Bolden and Edric Houston come in together for registration. They do all their interviews. They do this and that. I pull both to the side and said, look, the tape recorder is off. I held my phone up. I said, I'm putting my phone down. I said, are y'all about to get Dylan Riola? And both of them just started rubbing their hands together and laughing. Like you're about to see, you're about to see. So, you know, that that's when I kind of knew that, Hey, there's some legs to this rumor. And uh, at that point, I found out that week that this thing was leaning very strong that way. So it's not going to hurt whatsoever to have him playing with those guys. And um, I'm, I'm not putting out too much, I guess, inside information. I talked to a source very close to this. And, you know, there were some people trying to kind of negative recruit him away from Buford saying, hey, Buford doesn't throw the ball. Well, their response was, we don't care. We're not chasing uh, stats here. We want to go to a program. We want to go to one of the best programs in the country. We like the area. Uh, we want to go to the state of Georgia. And they, the competitive and the history of that, that place, uh, that's that's what attracts us there. So, you know, it's funny how people uh, were trying to negative recruit them. Hey, don't go there. They don't throw the ball. But the Riolas didn't care. They're not, they're not stat chasing. They're trying to play high-level football. And I can't get over the dad's quote. He said, look, we're th- trying to throw down some roots in the state of Georgia. Suffice it to say, we know what the deal is with Dylan Riola. He's playing at Buford, and it's going to be a fun football season in the state of Georgia as his family gets accustomed to this trial run in the Peach State. All right, guys, we got some uh, question and answers from the Dogs HQ premium message board. Uh, thank you to all of our subscribers who are over there and, and firing these questions away. Um, I'll, I'll pick up right where we left off. Uh, Jay Perk 1362 says any coincidence Riola enrolled at a school in Georgia that possibly produces the most D1 talent in the state and hasn't been too kind 
to UGA lately. That's that's kind of the dots that I'm trying. I'm seeing people try to connect here. Is that this is some mastermind organization between Georgia and the Riola family, and it's all you know a conspiracy here. Um, I'm not buying that. I think he just happened to pick the best school in the in the state. Well, there's a population boom where he's going. I mean, Buford has just grown and grown and 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 you know grown on top of that over the years. Uh, not only that, I mean, yeah, it's also a great school. You want to go somewhere where you can play with big time talent, and maybe play against big time talent. It's a city school. There are a lot of different things going on there. So, I mean, it's it's. I don't know, man. I mean, does it help that he's going to a school that Georgia's recruiting a few guys at? Sure. But, I mean, he's not hes not going to swing Edric Houston for Georgia, in my opinion. I, I hate to be a Debbie Downer for a lot of people there. He's not going to do that. Maybe he helps Georgia a little bit with K.J. Bolden. But um, I don't know. I mean, I, as we've seen thus far, hes nobody's a Pied Piper for a recruiting class. It's never been that way. It never is. It helps. It's a boost. Everybody's looking for an edge. Uh, but but this is one of those deals where I think he's just looking for the best fit for him. Um, Georgia's not puppet master in this thing at all. The you you want to get your you want to get your hands dirty and involved in something that is really worthless. Get involved in something like this because this helps them almost none. I talked to his dad, and I hate to like just beat around the bush. They love the area, they love the lake, they love the school, and that's about it. You know, it's not. There were other schools that were being considered, and I'm not going to get into that, but there were other very good programs in the state of Georgia. But at the end of the day, they liked the area. His dad's a big-time golfer. There's some golf areas players. So, um, you know, he, he might struggle with his driver, kind of like Palmer is right now with his mic from But uh, Palmer is battling. If Palmer. we gave out superlatives on the show, Palmer would be the mud dog of the show. He is just in the dirt tonight. It's almost, it's almost like that uh, – the, the trade deadline. Palmer's like, don't let me go. He pops back in. <laughs> pops right back in. Don't let me go. Let me go. So, uh, but yeah, it's really, it, listen, there's some connections, uh, some people they know at Buford, but it, it, it's not directly related because any school they would have went to of the ones that I know definitely have Georgia targets at it. So, yeah, you know, you can stop the different angles of it there. Yeah, if you want to go play big-time ball in the state of Georgia, if you want to go play with and against big-time talent in the state of Georgia, you're going to – I mean, you're going to cross paths with somebody. Um, Walton, Langston, Hughes, Jefferson, you name it. it I mean, it, it doesn't matter. You're going to end up with something like that. And at Buford, you get a chance to get world-class. You get a chance to, to practice in a world-class place, play in a world-class place, play against world-class competition as far as high school competition goes. Um, it's a phenomenal place to grow as a football player. Such a good place to grow that fans have this, uh, you know, idea that guys grow too much when they go to Buford and they're just maxed out by the time they get to college. I mean, there's maybe a little bit of truth to that, but ultimately, um, if they're developing you like that at that school, then you know you got a chance to play against some big time teams. And look at that Mallard Creek on the schedule. Yeah. Um, yeah North Cobb, Carver, Collins Hill. Um, you know, they produce. Uh, they produce YouTube live hosts like you have never seen. So if my uh, alma mater, Collins yeah. Hill, has Dylan Riola on the field for homecoming. I might have to go back. Might I have I, to go. Mill Creek, Tula, Mountain View, Central Gwinnett. That's going to be uh, West. How about Bank Jordan Thomas? Mountain I, View. I got uh, yes, Justin Green. Justin uh, Green. My bad. Yep. 
Don't let the time to keep track of all these. Don't let these D linemen run together. Uh, yeah. So, so far, I've pretty much got verbal the North Cobb game I'll have on TV and the Marietta game we'll have on TV. So, you'll see him twice in the first five weeks. Now, interesting, this did find out today. Um, and this was way before any, any behind the scenes on Dylan Rayola. Um, Coach Applin there, who's a great guy. I mean, he is a fantastic football coach, great, super nice guy. He shut down practice this spring uh, to media. And he felt like there were some things that got distracted last year. They got upset in the you know, second round thing against Walton. So I had a million people today asking me, you know, hey, we'll go see Buford next week. Hey, you're not going to see Buford practice because they're shut down for the summer. And certainly with this young man in there, um, you, you know, as far as I know, it's going to be shut down. So you'll get a chance to – he'll be on TV a ton in the fall. Uh, so you'll certainly get to see him. But I'm not sure how much practice footage or – or how much you'll see him in a Buford helmet before uh, probably August. GPB, man, they're going to be raking it in. Mm -hmm. Levels they've never done before, probably. Uh, all right, a couple more questions here, guys. Um, obviously, a, a big question mark is Riddick, and uh, trying to keep him from that flip watch. If, if Georgia does lose on uh, Riddick, is a class of Williams, Cole, and Jones possible? That's from our guy, Dogs Tradamus, asking about that inside linebacker position. Yeah, I mean, and listen, I've said uh, for a couple months now that I thought Riddick was going to end up somewhere else. And if I have to say that tonight, I will. But let me caution with that. I don't think that's over. I don't think Georgia's out of it. Glenn Schumann had his family there. Uh, they talked. I understand they talked again this week post Alabama visit. And I'll tell you this too. Now the, uh, the Auburn's in this thing with him. So don't, don't just think this is Georgia, Alabama. Auburn's in this thing with him too, as well. So it, it, we're going to find out at the end of July with him, he's going to have, a, as his family said, they're going to have a final decision. So they took their OVs and uh, they're going to look around and kind of process things. So it's not a wrap, 100%, that this guy's not going to stay with Georgia. But I, I would bet today I would probably have to say he goes somewhere else. We'll see. But Chris Jones, Chris Cole, Justin Williams. Um, I mentioned on the board is kind of a name that I haven't mentioned uh, that I know they're looking at as well and probably don't need to mention that at this time. But I, Georgia's going to end up with two minimum inside linebackers in this class. They'd like to have three, but they'll have to have the, have to have the right mix for them. But Right now, I think uh, I'm confident Georgia's going to end up with two of those targets uh, that we've talked about at least in this. And uh, Chris Jones and Chris Cole out of Virginia, those are two kids that Glenn Schumann went to see twice. They've been on campus multiple times here in Athens, and they took their OB last weekend. So there's definitely some interest on both sides of the fence with this. I'll tell you what, man, just reading the tea leaves and having done this and, and watched these things for a long time, this Justin Williams one really intrigues me mm -hmm. because – Georgia's kind of waited late to get this visit. Um, they've survived the visits before, which is always what you got to do, right, Rusty? Whenever you decide to get the last one, you got to cool. survive them in front of you. It's not always best to be last. Sometimes they don't get to you. They go ahead and commit and shut it down, a la Sammy Brown. You know, I mean, they, sometimes they hit that first one they, they or the second one, and they get it out of the way, and, and, and you're done. Um, but Justin Williams, Georgia getting him on campus – Listen, I, I talked to uh, – I'm, I'm going to try it right here. Hold on. Joseph Jonah Ajanye. I spoke to him on the phone hey. after, his, uh, after his first visit to Georgia. They were there together, all right? 
And, you know, suffice it to say, he wasn't the, uh, you know, JJA, all right, was not the only one who was very, very impressed with his Georgia visit. And, and I think that's something that you got to watch there is, um, you know, those getting those two in together, those are two elite prospects. Man, I think uh, I think Georgia's going to have a real shot there, and I think if they knock it out of the park with that official visit, they can put themselves in a very, very good spot with him. And, listen, Sam Spiegelman's already dropped some intel over. And, you know, Sam, you want to talk about it? You, you, listen, you want to talk about a guy who is a, as a is basically like a – like an underrated top twenty-five player in the country. That's Sam Spiegelman over at over at uh, on three, uh, one of the best there is. And he popped in today with some really good info on uh, on John and Ajanye about him and and how you know that recruitment might play out in the very near future as well. So uh, Georgia's got some Georgia's got some lines in the water. They're starting to tighten up a little bit. Some some bobbers are starting to disappear. Trying to figure out which one to which one to pull up. Had one disappear about about 30 minutes ago. (laughs) Yeah, they did, didn't they? Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Seems to happen when uh, we go on the air. It just, whether it's Georgia or somebody else, it just happens to disappear like that. A uh, couple more recruiting nuggets here before we got, get to some uh, current team questions from the board. Uh, as far as the wide receiver class goes, where's the focus right now? A lot of these five stars floating out there that Georgia may not have the best chances at. Nine one two dog, welcome, welcome from the nine one two. Will Georgia show any interest towards Braylon Staley? I haven't heard much there. I, I think Amari Jefferson is the guy they had on campus last weekend uh, out of Baylor in Chattanooga. He's a Tennessee baseball verbal commit. Uh, I think talking to people right now, Alabama might be a slight leader there, but there is a connection to this young man, Will Muschamp's son, Whit Muschamp, who is the quarterback on the defending state championship team, uh, Baylor out of Chattanooga. He's, Muschamp's son is committed to Vanderbilt, so he's on SEC commit. But uh, Amari Jefferson is somebody they are very familiar with. They had him on campus this weekend. And uh, the one thing I think uh, that might be kind of um, – kind of in hold a little bit is the the baseball staff at Georgia is trying to get put together. Uh, their coach is, you know, the next head coach is obviously on TV right now with his teams at LSU currently. So when you look at that, there's still some questions from him. He wants to play baseball as well. Uh, I think Nye Carr is a kid that they're going to be able to hold on to. So Kobe White's a guy. Uh, they got Nitro Tuggle down at IMG. So, I don't really panic about the, you know, the people like we can't get a five star. We can't get a five star because to me, my personal opinion, there's Jeremiah Smith, the Ohio State committee. Cam Coleman's another one right there uh, from from Phoenix City Central. But to me, there's Jeremiah Smith and then there's a bunch of really, really good players. But Jeremiah Smith, to me, is the alpha dog wide receiver in this class. But Cam Coleman's a kid that's been on campus. Brian McClendon got him on campus a couple of times. So. 
you know, there's a there's a highly rated five star they got a shot at, but right now I probably would lean elsewhere for him. How real is this? Uh, this is me asking. How real is this Florida buzz with uh, Smith? Uh, listen, man, I, I I'll just be honest with you. Um, Jeremiah's a South Florida kid, and when you win unlimited official visits, they're going to take their visits, man. And that's nothing against them. That just that they always wait late and they always take visits. So uh, it, for me, and I've said on our board several times, it would be hard for me to see Ohio State lose him for, for what they put. You know, you don't want to recruit against Georgia as a tight end. You just don't want to go head-to-head with Todd Hartley and, and the stats they got. Right now, when you're in a head-to-head battle with Brian Hartline, in Ohio State, it's tough to overcome that just because of what they put their sample size the last four or five years. I mean, they put dudes after dudes after dudes in the first round. So I think Jeremiah Smith's going to go all over and he's going to take visits and those types of things. At the end of the day, I think he ends up at Ohio State. I'll, I, I, I'm glad to be wrong. Y'all razz me, give me all the, all the crap you want to if I am. Jeremiah Smith's not going to go to Georgia. That's just, I mean, this is, uh, I just don't see it happening. I mean, I, and, and listen, I interviewed the kid after, you know, his official visit to Georgia and Georgia made an impression on him that kind of wore off. And I mean, it's almost to the point where he's kind of toying with other schools at this point now. Um, kind of, t- I mean, he, he will, he'll say something about one school this week and then the next week he's saying, I'm locked into Ohio state and um, you know, crazier things have happened, but I'm on record as saying he's not going to Georgia, and I don't think he's going anywhere but Ohio State. I think Georgia did a good job. I think they got yeah. him. They got they got him. It on seems that like open. they did the best they could. They did. They took a swing. Brian McClendon was down. Went down there a couple of times. They, if you remember, they had him on that OV on the uh, scavenger hunt weekend in yep. mid May. Did a great job. Uh, we get to Nashville like a week after that. There was still a lot of Georgia buzz. I'm gonna tell you now. When I was in Nashville, there was a couple of people that kept saying, hey, you better watch um, Georgia here. They made a move. By, but about a week later, uh, you know, when that visit high kind of wore off a little bit and Ohio State got back to, you know, communicating with him, uh, I think it's been Ohio State for a while. Yeah, Brian Hartline rode in on that side-by-side and locked him down. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Just whistled, mm. waved his <laughs> fingers, said, come on back. Uh, all right, some current team news. Injury stuff, Branson Robinson, MMJ, and Walker. Out of those three guys, I, I think everyone who's listening to this show has been tapped in, knows Smile Munden's going to be a little bit. But out of those three guys I mentioned, uh, how, are, how are these fellas looking? Well, Jay, say, those, say those names again real quick. That way I can is get it Branson, Branson, Smile Munden, and who? Branson Robinson, Jalen Walker, and MMJ. I think he means Marvin Jones Jr. Yep. and JJ. Yep. Yeah. I'll give a couple. Marvin Jones Jr. is going to be fine. Um, Jalen Walker is going to be fine. Smile Munden is – and Branson, I, I right now I don't know. You know, I, I don't think this is anything that's going to cause him to miss three or four games. But this could be a situation. we got to watch this. And I, I'm very interested – and what Kirby Smart says in Nashville, because he's going to get asked uh, by you guys and all the local for sure press where those guys are. We'll, we'll do some reaching out, but I do know about three weeks ago that Smile was still in a boot uh, talking to someone, and then you saw a picture of Branson on an OV with a, with a player, and he had a boot on. So 
uh, you know, it kind of concerns you a little bit that they're, you know, in early June, but maybe, maybe they're just being a little bit cautious with those guys. But uh, I'll be interested in those two. But I think Jalen Walker should be fine. I think Marvin Jones Jr., those guys should be fine for fall camp. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't, right now, I don't expect Smile Munden to be ready to at the start of fall camp. I'm starting to feel a little bit more doubtful about Branson Robinson, even though it's the buzz. I think Rusty would probably agree with this. The buzz has been a little bit more optimistic on on Branson than it has Smile from the jump. Um, so, I mean, I, I think there's a possibility they could both miss some time, but I don't think it's a half season type deal or, or like Rusty even said, I, maybe that, maybe they missed most of that first month, but. I don't see much more than that based on everything I've heard. But, listen, there are setbacks. I mean, like A.D. Mitchell last year, Kirby told us over and over and over again there wasn't a setback. And then, you know, all of a sudden right there at the end of the year, once he's back, we told, we were heard there was a setback. You know, so, uh, you know, it's – it's, and I'm not saying Kirby's lying there. It's just a gamesmanship aspect, and that's the way you got to do things here. So, um, you know, sometimes these guys experience little small setbacks. They have another injury, um, a calf strain or whatever, a Achilles strain that, that kind of – pushes them back after getting out of that boot. So you, you just really don't know. And you kind of have to wait until um, almost, almost until the, when they st- when they actually get back on the field and start going before you can really get an idea of when they're going to be back. Day to day, baby. Day to day. We're all day to day. Jake. And Roos, that's some, and listen, Jake that's been day to day for a long time. Jake, Roos, no, Jake Roos was born day to day, brother. <laughs> <laughs> you can't ask for a better stretch though, for Georgia to potentially have to, work on some depth because you're probably going to have to do that anyway uh, with that soft opening to the uh, Georgia 2023 schedule that we've all heard so much about. So we'll see. We'll see how it pays dividends and helps Georgia shore up some of that depth. Last one, the update. This is just Dogman 5. Now, this is not even really a question. This is like when I was a stock clerk at Publix and people wouldn't ask like, hey, where are the eggs? They would just walk up and say, eggs. (laughs) <laughs> this this question just says the update between Nyland and Everett, that cornerback or that uh, DB position. I think both are getting reps there. I think this is something that's going to play into the uh, play into the fall camp, and that's what Kirby Smart wants. He wants competition. He wants those guys. And Julian Humphrey is another name you don't kind of knock off there. You know, you're not knocking him out of that battle yet. But don't forget about him. I, I think you know. I wrote a couple of weeks ago, maybe in the dog treats that um, Nylon green had kind of had a pretty good first two weeks of June and they do those seven on seven drills. So you kind of had to figure out, you know, talking to other people because the coaches aren't out there, uh, but you just kind of talk to the best people you can. It sounds like Nylon green really has, has off to a good start, but I think my personal opinion and Jake and mountain Jake here might have a different angle but i think this is going to play into uh i think this is going to play into the into the season yeah you know it's like tyson campbell and eric stokes those two battled it out 100 percent. until they finally settled in on eric stokes after the uh right before the alabama game in 2020 on the road they went with stokes and stokes kept that job until he left yeah and you got to think uh, to some degree that you know nylon's experience is what's going to really benefit him here i mean that's a guy who could have probably went and explored a lot of options Mm -hmm. Uh, but he's hung around and, um, you know, he knows the system well. We'll see if it pays off for him in that way. But, yeah, I think you guys are spot on. It's really just about, uh, you know, going into this fall camp and and continuing to battle it out. And I think, too, it goes back to what you were saying, Wes, about the schedule, man. I think you're going to see big doses of all three of those guys. 
Yeah, we saw a three-man rotation even beyond that, Rusty, uh, with with uh, Eric Stokes, Tyson Campbell, and DJ Daniel. You know, we yep. saw the, all three of those guys get playing time. I I honestly like I would actually bet on that at this point. Even if even if one of those guys were to get hurt or fall out of the battle or something like that. I mean, Kamari Lasseter's in. Um, then yep. I think you're going to see, you know, Dalen Everett, Nylon Green, and maybe even Julian Humphrey. I mean, listen, I heard that during spring, you know, you got a little situation there where maybe one or two of those guys, Everett, uh, Green, maybe punched the clock a couple days in a row rather than, you know, one of those, you know, compete every day type deals. And here came Julian Humphrey and had a couple good, really good practices. Uh, Julian Humphrey also got a lot, a lot of reps with the ones at G Day. So, um, probably the most upside in terms of speed and and just you know unlimited physical potential of that group um but you know just got a little bit further to go as far as like learning things and and uh experience because you know nylon uh uh everett actually got a lot of good reps last year um you know being a number two guy so this is going to be an interesting battle and i wouldn't be surprised to see georgia play as many as four corners uh, especially early in the season while that schedule is kind of soft William Phillips asking here in our live chat, is this the best DB group under Kirby so far? I, I think it's certainly the one that Kirby's dreamed of since he took this job. Uh, you mentioned that competition between Stokes and uh, Campbell, and that was, I think, one of the better position group competitions that Kirby's had. I mean, you talk about an embarrassment of riches at that position, and now it just it's like times 12. It's insane, the amount of talent back there. It's also insane how much talent you have at Breaking Tea. Uh, this dog will hunt. We open our show every week with the hunting dogs that Kirby Smart wants to have, and he's about to let them loose again this year. Um, sorry, Stetson fans, you're going to have to pivot yet again, but you have so many different choices at Breaking Tea. The link is always in the episode description of the Georgia show. You know you need a new Georgia T-shirt. Somebody you know does. You can't sit next to them anymore. You know, it just it just stinks. You, they need a new one. Get get one at Breaking Tea. Um, we got a new commitment tonight, right before the show went live, fellas. Tell me what you know about this kid out of Mays, Quintavious Johnson. I did his first high school football game in the Corky Kell Classic, and ironically, I think it was a night that um, I first saw Oscar Delt play at West Forsyth and coach kept telling us, Hey, we got a 14 year old quarterback. It's about six, three and a half. And I said, okay, we were doing our pre-show for the game. And he comes out and I said, that, that kid right there plays quarterback and he's 14. He goes, yeah. So he was like six foot three, you know, 225 pounds as a 14 year old freshman at Mays. And you fast forward to today as a rising senior uh, today at Georgia, I think he was six four and a half, 242 pounds. Uh, he worked out for Georgia staff today. And I'll be honest with you, I made some notes and I said that Georgia is definitely looking at him, but I didn't know that he had LSU offers. I didn't know he had a Clemson offer. Uh, so he's been on the kind of the scene here for a while and he's transitioning over. Ironically, he does play. I saw, I saw him last week at Georgia Tech. You know what he was doing? He was playing quarterback for a seven on seven team. He throws a little bit too still, but he is a defensive end. Dude. He can play edge. 6'5", 255, and he's out there slinging it. All, yeah, I, I, all I'm seeing is a personal protector on punt team right now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm seeing a personal protector on the punt yeah, team. Yeah, that's crazy. So, uh, But when you look at him, you know, this is a guy that I think with Georgia, from what I hear, to, from what I heard this afternoon, cut from sources there, 
they were extremely happy with how athletic he was in space. And when you start looking at a player like this, uh, you know, obviously you're going to look, he's not going to blow you away with his ranking. But I think when Georgia worked him out today and they were like, look, this kid can play one of two positions for us. And uh, Brian McClendon's from Mays. Dale McGee recruited him. Uh, so Trey Scott and those guys, Chidera, had a chance to look at him today. So you know, congratulations to him. But I think with Georgia fans, don't worry about what he's ranked. He worked out for the staff, and and their evaluations have been pretty damn spot on, especially when they get a chance to work you out. And uh, you know, this guy's got a ton, a ton of ceiling left in him. And uh, I, I think, look, I, I like to get, but – doesn't really affect any of their other targets. These guys are going to be uh, – they're still after Williams, Noari, uh, Dylan Stewart, all these other guys that, that play those positions, that play a defensive end, and those guys have a spot regardless. Yeah, I think the exciting thing about Johnson to me is just the raw – the rawness that you're getting in a guy like this. Um, you just don't have a frame like this come along all the time. No. And then you see the athleticism that obviously it takes to play quarterback. I, I think that, you know, he's a guy who – Georgia is taking, you know, I, like you said, you can't be too concerned about the ranking, but I think the ranking stems a lot from the idea that this guy hasn't necessarily been focusing on this position. He's been kind of just doing a little bit of it all for his team. And I mean, we don't, we don't get a lot of transition quarterbacks to edge position. I mean, that's just not a, that's not a common. I'm just thing. waiting for the quarterback highlights on this huddle film. That's yeah. why I pulled it up. We just don't see that a lot, man. So, um, you know, like I said, for me, it's a, a situation where uh, you, you've got a lot of upside here in this guy, and, and that's exciting. And Georgia's done really well on taking guys like this and getting the most out of them. And, uh, you know, these uh, in-state guy, like you said, Rusty, uh, the connections down there at Mays, I mean, you're not going to get somebody more well-connected than Brian McClendon there. Yep. And, uh, you know, I, I guarantee you those folks signed off on this as well. So, uh I, I think it's definitely an intriguing pickup. Um, you know, if people aren't excited yet, I can understand that because, you know, the three star isn't going to necessarily tickle anybody. But I think that uh, watch this kid's senior year and watch him focus on this position. It was some of the same things we heard, you know, about uh, uh, Samuel and Pimba last year. Obviously, he was a higher ranked guy, but. You know, they, the talk was he spent a lot of time on offense. What can this guy be when he's solely focused on one position on the field? I think that's what you got to wonder about a guy like Quintavious Johnson as well. And I love the fact that he's lining up in a four technique, a five technique throughout this video right here. He's striking blockers. He's playing at the point of attack. Uh, and then he goes to Georgia's camp. They work him out in space. They like him enough to offer him. Rusty sees him throwing passes at Georgia Tech. He's a renaissance man. <laughs> That he is. All right, uh, we tease the Joseph Jonah Ajanye news, and he is on this elite list of Georgia visitors this weekend, guys. I think uh, if you're a dog, you've been looking for some more commitments. These dog fans on our message board are greedy. They wake up every morning whenever Rusty posts something. Rusty, when are we getting a new commitment? Guys, when's the next commitment going to drop? You just got one yesterday. You got one a couple days ago. So when you look at Joseph Jonah Ajanye, I'm not saying it's going to happen tomorrow or anything, but when you see that he's uh, in the classic city, that's just boding well for the Dogs fans out there, I think. Yeah, I'm going to put the visit list up first thing in the morning, and there's going to be some changes in there. It's going to be a little bit smaller group, uh, but I think I think Georgia fans uh, will make some changes to this tonight. I can tell you right now that I'll go ahead and tell you that Charles Lester, the five-star 
Uh, he will not be on campus this weekend. He's got a decision coming at the end of July. In my opinion, he's going to end up at Florida State, but Georgia is definitely recruiting so many DBs. Uh, you can It's crazy. So, uh, But we'll have a list up in the morning, and I'll have that thing updated by the time you probably have your morning coffee, and you'll know who's going to be expected into town and who's going to be here uh, as an unofficial visitor um, in the 2025 class. I think we'll uh, really uh, make Georgia fans kind of happy. But he's in the 2025 class, so – uh, we'll have the updated official, expected official visit list first thing in the morning. Yeah, Ajanye continues to uh, trend Georgia heavily, as you can see there in the RPM. Uh, Sam Spiegelman drops some intel over on the board tonight on him as well. You can go check that out. Um, you know, the kid was pretty open uh, right off the jump when he got the offer that Georgia was his dream school. Then he follows it up with a quick visit, and really it doesn't feel like there's been any momentum lost since then. You know, I think some people wonder, you know, how does it change if you get a guy in, you give him a few weeks to get back. You know, the, the hype continues to build around this guy. And again, like we were talking about with Quintavious Johnson, to me what's exciting about Joseph Jonah-Ajane is he's just getting started, man. He just started playing football his freshman year. Um, he's learning this game and he's raw in it, man. And so that to me, when you talk about elite upside, I think this is a guy who brings that to the table um, and, you know, has come a long way uh, already in, in his time, but, and is playing some great competition out there in, in Texas as well. So, uh, you know, just a lot working in Georgia's favor here and Hey, probably benefits you too with that uh, talented linebacker he's got behind him there in the uh, defense as well if they're able to pull a guy like this in uh, uh, Justin Williams. So uh, both those guys on campus this weekend, definitely two visits we'll be watching closely. But uh, Jonah Jagne, uh that's a big, big one for Georgia and a guy, oh, boy, you like to see that. Position of need, man. That's, that's mm -hmm. body types, that body type. Yeah, they those don't grow on trees. And listen, we we get we all work hard for info, and we love to tout our info and talk about you know what we're hearing and stuff like that. I mean, th this kid's just told us from the jump. Hey, it's my dream school. Hey, Trey Scott taught me more <laughs> in five minutes than how to be a good football player than I learned all of last year. No offense to my coaching staff, just stuff like that. And I'm just like, all right, well, uh, I think I know who you like at least. And and then all of a sudden, you got experts coming in from around the country, which is awesome over here at On Three. Um, you know, guys from our Oklahoma site, Texas site, and all that stuff kind of popping in and saying Georgia's in great shape for this kid. And Sam Spiegelman dropped some intel, like you said, today. So, um, you know, this is a big one for Georgia for sure. And, and, and you know, we're, we'll, be, we'll be keeping a close eye on that. And a, another big-time offensive lineman at Rusty had something on today, but you got to come over to the site to see that. Hey, yeah, we're not giving that one away. Yeah. Uh, number three, D Lyman, according to On3 and the number nine overall player in Texas. And uh, there's a lot of people in Texas, last time I checked. Let's <laughs> chop some wood, fellas. Um, I'll let y'all start. I got I to gotta find a video about the guy I'm chopping wood about. Mm. All right. I'm going to – I'll check it off tonight because we were just talking about Joseph Jonah Johnye, and uh, then you get a guy like Quintavious Johnson who, you know, is an edge guy but also can play some D-line, play with his hand in the ground as well. Uh, you got Justin Green involved. You got Jordan Thomas. And now the questions are beginning. How many guys are they going to take on this defensive front? I'm chopping wood on taking every single one of them. You can get through the door, buddy, because these cats are not just all over the place. They're not walking around uh, looking for handouts, man. Everybody in the country wants these big guys. 
Kirby Smart especially loves his trench, guys. He made it a point from that opening press conference, and he's delivered on it ever since. I'm chopping wood on take all the D-line you can get, man, because you don't know that next year is going to be as favorable to you. You don't know that next year is going to be as ripe with it. So load it up, man. Take all you can get. Trey Scott, get on the horn, get extra spots, do what you got to do, man. But get in there and take the big boys all you can. I tell you what, it, this class, the more you look at it, the more I'm like, man, this class is loaded. Yeah. Defensive linemen with edge guys, with combo edge guys. I mean, just in terms of from, you know, 6'3, 240 to, you know, 6'6, 300, 320, there are a, so many guys out there. And that's kind of rare. Those guys don't grow on trees. I'm chopping wood on the Georgia coaches staff because, man, the June finish line is almost here. They've almost made it. If they can get through this coming weekend, it's it's time, Rusty. It's time for them to take a break. They're going to get to make them a Bay Breeze or a, or a ranch water. They're going to get to sit out there and enjoy a couple days off. So they're going to get to make them a baby. You know, <laughs> they might do that, too. They might. they might do that, too. I've been known to do that. Um, I've got a few myself. Uh, you know, so, I mean, I think between on the whole show here, I think we've all got about nine children combined. Oh, Rusty, yeah. Rusty's leading the I'm pack. Bringing down, I'm bringing down the average. Yeah, you bring down the average. We got you, Roos. We got you. We still keep it over to a guy. So. Over, overachieve for you, Roos. Trust me. <laughs> but, yeah, um, you know, they're about to get a little bit of a break. And, you know, we heard it on Bark After Dark when Matt Goblin talked to us, right? Uh, the thing that stands out is June. And um, it's not all of June. It's not all the way to, to June 30th. Uh, for these cats, it's uh, it's really just kind of getting through this final official visit weekend, getting to that dead period, and uh, they get a chance to exhale. But it has been uh, – I tell you what, I remember I used to sit in church as a kid, and uh, I would think about – the pastor would be about 15 minutes into a sermon, and I'd think, man, there's nothing I would give to go back to the beginning and have to start all over again. I'm wanting that Sunday lunch. Okay, I'm ready for Sunday lunch. I'm glad I've gotten this much out of the way. Oh, and I, you, you know that coaching staff's thinking the same thing right now. Hey, I'm glad it's June 21st and not June 1st right now, baby. Uh, so they're ready to get out of this thing, and uh, I, I'm happy for them because they're going to get a few weeks off after that. It won't be completely off, but they'll get some time, and uh, um, kudos to them. Kudos to all these coaching staffs around the country, every damn one of them, because they've all worked hard. Support and, staff, uh, support staff too. Yeah, yeah, everybody. Go there's get some, your vacations. Interns that aren't even the making money that are having just one of the worst months of their life, man. Yeah, yeah thankless go, jobs there. They've been working all these camps. Down. He's putting up with these little kids and all their pizza boxes at Russell in the dorm rooms and yeah. he's getting chewed out for the stupidest stuff. I'm going to chop wood about something and uh, beat Rusty to the punch here. How about Drew Miller, man? He put this video up on Twitter, the uh, talented Georgia punter commit, and he is just – Crushing these punts, man. I don't Drew know. Drew Miller he's... looks like an edge rusher. Yeah, dude. It looks like Chad Campbell out there. Just like, yeah. down. He plays linebacker and DB too. He doesn't. He, he doesn't just punt. Like he plays special team. He plays Drew Miller, parts. Drew Sanders. Yeah, <laughs> I'm about to go to Iowa and check out the uh, what's the baseball Six game? Two two hundred. What's the baseball game? The Field of Dreams game. Yeah, I might have to yep. go up and check that out and then go see Mr. Drew. I'm surprised uh, you haven't visited him already, just coming out of those corn stalks. What's up, man? 
that right there is on repeat at my house right now. That that whole video, it just plays entire loop around the whole house. Dude, how I, good of a how good of a comedy video would it be if we just play if we just hammed it up and had Rusty coming out of some corn stalls looking, <laughs> just looking to see for a punter? punter. <laughs> I'm looking for a punter. Uh, if you punt it, he will come. Man, our board it 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 was welcome to Dogs HQ when I had them stirred up over a twenty. When I told Roost it was a punter. Living I, right. I could just feel it in his soul. Like this is this was he knew it was coming, man. And they had talked themselves into a tizzy. But I was like, we, we this is the way to get started right here. Right here. <laughs> I got a punter on the first week. I knew I knew I was in the right spot. So uh, you don't get one of those, you get those special moments like that about every two, three years. <laughs> I was gonna enjoy that one, man. Uh, I'll chop wood, man. I'll chop wood for um something that Jake Rowe touched on and and um, you guys have as well, but our, our own three as a network, Sam Spiegelman comes over today and drops some big-time stuff. Uh, Jeremy Johnson has been working his ass off getting interviews for us. Uh, he was out at Elite 11. You know, he's, he's based here in the state of Georgia getting all kind of interviews. Chad Simmons is probably the best in the business. Um, I talked to him this morning. Dude was on his way to, to God knows where. Like Delta – when he pulls up, Dell's just like, hey, Chad, how you doing? Where are you going this week? Like, this guy's all over the country, uh, works his tail off as well. But uh, Jerry Hamilton, you know, we compared notes today on Nair Daniels. He's our Texas, inside Texas recruiting analyst. And Jerry's a longtime guy in this business. And we compared some notes today. And he actually put an RPM in for Georgia to land uh, Nair Daniels. So, you know, you go around the network and, you know, what we have at Dogs HQ, I feel like our team is as good as you can get covering the Georgia Bulldogs, but it takes more than just us sometimes. And, uh, you know, what you get with us is a whole network of guys and a whole network of who they know. And today in the last couple of days has been a prime example for me of what our product is and what we can bring because you're never behind the news on, on over here. And uh, I don't look at other people's sites and, I wish everybody the best. And honest to God, I don't. I don't look at any other sites because I feel like when you go to our site, you should have a pulse. And then we have these guys bringing in extra information, man. It, it just, it's been really, really special. Amen to that. It's good stuff. Great way to end it. Y'all uh, appreciate your patience as our show went out. Um, best wishes to Palmer. Hope he's okay. And we'll <laughs> see him back this weekend, I hope. Hope we'll see y'all back in the comments too. 8.30 p.m. on Sunday. And a couple weeks out now, Bark After Dark makes its triumphant return 9 p.m. on Mondays. So y'all don't miss that. Hit like and subscribe and join us over at dogshq.com for all that premium stuff Rusty just told you about. Have a great weekend. See you soon.